was getting a little worried. And somebody said he was sick, and, and I promise I didn't get it from him, and he didn't get it from me, but we both don't feel good this morning. And I was going to call somebody last night to fill in and preach for me, but the Lord really laid it on my heart to try to come in and, and preach this morning. And, and I'll be honest with you, last night I felt terrible. I felt like I, I slept in a concrete mixer. You ever feel like that when you wake up? You feel like you slept in a concrete mixer? Some of you probably feel like that this morning just like I do. But i tell you what, I feel as good right now as I have since Thursday. So I'm going to preach about an hour. Is that okay with everybody? I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you. Cecil said, we're going to have some extra singing this morning because he said, he said, you'll probably be short this morning. I thought, my goodness, brother, every time anybody says that, I preach a long, long time. John chapter number 11. John chapter 11. We're going to go to a very familiar scripture. A story that, that I love. This is not a parable. This is a, an event that happened in the ministry of Jesus, one of his miracles. And uh, we'll talk about the miracle, but we're going to focus on a little something different this morning. John chapter 11, verse number 1. If you're there, and, and please stand and say amen. Please pray for me this morning. Like I said, I'm, I'm not 100%, but, but I feel pretty good right now. And I, I guess that's because the Spirit got to moving in here. And, and when the Spirit gets moving, the flesh gets out of the way. Amen. And, and that's what I like to see. John chapter 11, verse number 1. If you're there, please say amen real loud for me. John chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in that same place where he was. Skip down to verse 17 for me. We'll pick up the reading there. And it says, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh to Jerusalem about 15 furlongs, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asked a question. He says, Believest thou this? Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you do. God, I thank you for being with us this morning. Lord, I thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. God, that you would just, just what a privilege it is to have you to move among us. God, I just pray that as we go into the word, Lord, that you would just bless it. God, that you would just multiply it. And God, that you would use me as your vessel this morning. God, you know every need in this house. Lord, you know what's going on in lives. And God, I just pray that you would touch through the power of your word. God, not what I would say, nothing I would do. But God, that it would be 
to your glory. Lord, I just pray that if anybody's lost, God, that you would save them. And that, God, that you would, Lord, deal with their hearts so that they have to move this morning. God, I just pray that if there's any backslidden, God, that you would reclaim them. God, help us as a church. God, I just pray that you would give me clarity of mind, clarity of speech this morning. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Most people know this story, I would assume, but... But, but assuming is not a good thing to do. So I'll tell you real quick what happens and, and we'll get into the sermon. Jesus had this friend named Lazarus. And, and we have to understand that, that even though Jesus is God and Jesus was God, that he was still a human being. And so in that human element of Jesus Christ, he, he had made friends. Now we don't really hear a whole lot about the relationships that Jesus had outside of his disciples and outside of the circle that he had. We know that, that he had the, the inner circle of the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and then the other 12. But along the road and along Jesus' journey and, and as he was out doing miracles, he made some friends. And here we have his friends. We have a brother and two sisters, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And as I just read in this story, in verse number 1, it says that, that a certain man named Lazarus was sick and that he was about to die. And so the news came to Jesus. And we all know that news didn't travel quite as fast as it does today. I mean, right now something can happen in church. And people's going to know about it across town before we get out of here, right? I mean, that's just how news is today. But news didn't travel that fast. And so this messenger came to Jesus and told him, Hey, Lazarus is sick and it's a sickness unto death. And so Jesus goes on in verse number 4. And he says, This sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now it says that Jesus loved these people and Jesus cared deeply about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And he, he, he wanted the best for them, no doubt. And so Jesus did what anybody would do if he heard that somebody was sick and he could do something about it. He just sat there. Is that what we would do? I mean, if, if somebody was sick and you knew if you had the cure and you could take it to them and say, all you have to do is take this, then surely we would just hop up from where we're at and go to them and take care of business, right? But Jesus doesn't operate like we do. Jesus had a different plan, had something else in mind that he was going to glorify God. And so Jesus waited two days. And so finally, when we picked back up in verse number 16, we find that Lazarus has indeed died, that Lazarus has given up the ghost, and that not only that, but he has, he has been laying in the grave for four days. Now again, back then things were different than they are today and if you've been dead for four days back then, there's going to be some changes in your body. Today we have things like formaldehyde and we can embalm people and all these things. But back then it wasn't like that. So as soon as you died, they were trying to dispose of your body as quick as they could. So they didn't put Lazarus to the side and say, well, let's just see if Jesus comes. They went ahead and put him in the grave. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and it says that, that one of the sisters came and ran to Jesus. And it says, and, and I'm going to read down through just very quickly, verse, verse uh, let's go to verse 21. It says, Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. So this tells me, automatically, this tells me very quickly on the front end of this story that she believed that Jesus had the power to do something, didn't she? She, she had the faith that if Jesus would have just been there, that Lazarus would not have died. Now, I want to tell you something about, the, about Jesus, that if Jesus would have spoke the word when he heard it four days earlier, Lazarus wouldn't have died then. 
All Jesus would have had to do was just speak the word, just say the word, and Lazarus don't die, and we wouldn't have this story. We wouldn't have this, this, this whole chapter. I want you to understand that if you read this whole chapter, it's pretty much all concerning Lazarus. Just never, and it spends as much time on any other story or as on any other parable as he does on the story of Lazarus because there is so much that we can learn from it and so much that we can glean from it. In verse number 23, Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, Lord, her, she says, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So again, we see that she had faith that Jesus could have, have made her brother not die. And then she also has the faith in Jesus that one of these days, even though he died, that he's going to live again. So Jesus is basically having to, having to give her just, just little, little tiny spoonfuls, just kind of feed her a little bit at a time because she's just not getting what he's about to do. In verse number 25, and this is going to be the text, this is going to be the scripture. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asked that question, believest thou this? Now when Jesus asked a question... I don't believe he's necessarily looking for the answer because he already knows the answer, doesn't he? I mean, he knows your heart. Jesus, if he came in here and he asked you if you believe, he would already know whether you do or not. So this morning, just very quickly, I, I want to preach on the three questions of our belief. Did you know that, that we all have some beliefs, don't we? And, and I got to researching this as I was studying this sermon. I like to I like to just see what's going on with belief and and what people believe. And I was I was reading some statistics. I'm I'm a numbers guy. I like statistics. Anybody else like statistics besides me? And I read this this is this is what Americans believe that 30 percent of Americans believe that Bigfoot exists. Did you know that? 30% of Americans believe that Bigfoot exists. That means that almost one out of every three of you probably in this room believe that Bigfoot exists. We believe some crazy things, don't we? And then one out of five people or 20% believe in aliens. And I'm not talking about the kind that come up from Mexico. I'm talking about extraterrestrials, okay? And 20% of us believe in them. People have some strange beliefs, don't we? We do. And, and you know what? These days we'll believe just about anything if we're not careful. If somebody tells us something, and if we're not careful and we don't filter it and we don't, we don't just fact check it basically, we'll start believing things that are not even true. You know, what, what does belief mean? Well, the word belief is to have confidence or faith in something. To have confidence in that, that this thing, people have confidence that there's a, a seven foot tall hairy man running around in the woods hiding from people. People believe that. They have confidence in it and they have faith. It's silly, but it's true. But then I thought about what do we believe in our churches? What do we believe? I'm not, I'm not even talking about doctrine this morning. I'm not talking about what the free will Baptists believe. I'm talking about what do Bible-believing Christians believe this morning? What do we believe? And then the next question I'm going to ask you later is why do we believe that? 
That's a good question. Well, the first thing that we've got to believe is that Jesus is the resurrection, right? We've got to believe that. If you don't believe that Jesus is the resurrection, we might as well just stop right there and go to the house. No other, no other religion in the world has a risen Savior. Did you know that? None other in the world. You can go talk to the Muslims and you can find their prophets and he's dead. You can go to the Buddhists and you can ask where Buddha is and they'll take you to his grave because he's dead. We have a resurrected, risen Savior. But yet some people find that hard to believe. They'll believe in a lot of other things. They'll believe in some crazy things. But when it gets right down to it, they won't even believe that Jesus was able to raise himself from the dead, let alone a man named Lazarus. I believe that this morning, don't you? I believe my Bible this morning, don't you? That was awfully weak. I believe my Bible this morning, don't you? You know, I love the Word of God. I love to read the Word of God because it's so wonderful. It's a book that is alive. I like to read any kind of book. I like to I read Christian books, but none of these other books that I read have the impact on me that the Word of God does. And the more that I read this wonderful Word of God, the more it seems that I, I believe and I believe that he's resur the resurrection, I believe he is the life. And then he goes on to say, And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Why would anybody not want to believe this? Why would anybody in their right mind not believe that Jesus came and, and lived a sinless life and died on a cross for their sins? Why would anybody not believe that? It's crazy, isn't it? But so many people don't believe it. People in this room this morning, there's probably somebody in here that may not believe what I'm telling you this morning. And let me tell you what, that's dangerous. That is an absolutely dangerous thing. You're playing with fire if you, if you don't believe. But we know what we believe. But then I found this interesting, and I looked up something. I looked up some crazy things that Christians believe. There was a poll taken in 2018, get this, listen to this, that evangelicals, that 51%, over half of evangelical Christians believe that God accepts worship from all religions. Half of, of evangelical Christians believe that God will accept worship from a Buddhist or a Muslim or, or some other person just because he's nice and just because he loves everybody I believe we've got messed up haven't we and I believe what we need to do is is we need to to forget about some of the things we're hearing and even some of the things we're reading in other places and get back to the word of God because that's where the foundation is that's where we find all the truth of the world you can't find truth in this world you absolutely cannot you're not going to find it on the news station. You're not going to find it in the newspaper. You're not going to find it anywhere but the Word of God. And hopefully when you come down to the local church, you'll find the truth preached because I want to preach the Word of God and nothing else. Amen? That's what we believe. But then why do we believe it? Well, number one, we have to believe it, I believe, or we have to take it on faith. I mean, I've, I've never seen Jesus. Have you? I've not. 
I wish I could. That would make my faith a whole lot stronger, wouldn't it you? I want you to understand that, that Martha is standing here looking at Jesus. Jesus himself, the one that, that is capable, the one that has opened the eyes of the blind and made the lame walk and done all these other miracles, she's standing here and yet she's still having a hard time believing. And, and Jesus asked her the question, do you believe this? And she says, well, yeah, Lord, I believe it. And so I guess my statement this morning would be that, that sometimes when, we, don't, when we, we just don't see a way, you know, there's a lot of situations I've seen in my life that there didn't seem to be a way, amen? There didn't seem to be a way. I mean, a guy's been dead for four days. He's good and dead. I mean, he's not just unconscious. He's not just, he's not just you know, playing possum. I mean, this guy is dead as a doorknob. Y'all know what that means, right? And, and she didn't see a way. But then Jesus asked her, and why did she believe it? Because she had faith in that one, in the one that was standing in front of her. But let me tell you this, one of the reasons that I believe her, her belief would have been multiplied, her faith was multiplied after this, because not only did she have faith, but she actually saw the miracle take place. And you ask yourself, well, does Jesus still do miracles? I believe he does, don't you? I absolutely believe with all my heart that Jesus is still touching lives, that Jesus is still doing miracles till this very day. I saw a miracle with my own eyes. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. There's a preacher over in Sparta. His name's David Lee England, and he's probably 85, nearly 90 years old. And, and about five years ago, back in 2015, his, his esophagus got to where it wouldn't. There's a little flap in there, apparently, and I don't know all the, I'm not a, a doctor or anything, so I don't know all the details. But basically, when he would eat, his food would go into his lungs. Now, I don't know how much you know about medical stuff, but that ain't good, right? And this was happening. And so he went to the nursing home, and he was laying there, and they couldn't feed him, and he was starving to death. And I went and saw him. His, his grandson's one of my best friends. And I went and saw him, and he was just getting emaciated. He was just getting to the point where he was just about to waste away the nothing. I mean, this man couldn't even have a drink of water because if he did, it was going to go into his lungs and drown him. And I thought, well, it might as well just go ahead and call the funeral home over in Sparta because Brother David's about to need their services. That's, that's, that was what I thought. That was what everybody that visited him thought. And then a few days later, he's still laying there in the bed, hadn't died yet, and a group of preachers shows up, and, and I wasn't among them but when they showed up, but I got to see it. And they came in, and they anointed him with oil. And they prayed and they had faith in God. And so after they prayed, the doctors at the nursing home had made the decision, well, we're just going to go ahead and send him home so that he can die. That was the end of it, right? Well, they anointed him with oil, and they sent him home, and he got home, and he went in his house. As soon as he got home, and he sat down at the kitchen table, and he looked at his wife, and he said, fix me a pork chop. Praise the Lord for that, right? He said, fix me a pork chop. And so she went in there and she fried him a pork chop. And lo and behold, five years later, he's still eating pork chops. That's a miracle. I mean, the doctor sent him home to die. But what changed? The faith that was had in Christ Jesus. 
They believed that God could do something on him. I saw that. And sometimes we forget that we've seen things happen. We've seen hopeless situations turn, turned on a dime and turned the other way and sent in the right direction simply because somebody believed. And yet, so often our belief gets weak. So often our belief seems to just wane away to nothing. But I've seen God work. I believe that he can still work. That's why I believe, because I've seen him do it. But when should you believe? You know, Jesus, he gives a, a, in verse number 26, let's read that. He says, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asks that question, believest thou this? See, I believe in this story that Jesus was going above and beyond raising a man named Lazarus from the dead. This story, we always focus on Lazarus, don't we, and what a miracle it was. I'm just going to, here's a spoiler alert for you. He raised Lazarus from the dead. I'm, I'm not even going to read that this morning. But what I want you to understand is right smack in the middle of this story, Jesus is standing here with this woman asking her about her belief. Asking her if she believed. And then Jesus also talks about, I believe, this salvation here. He says, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Well, how do you never die? You believe in him. How do you never die? You have to, to put your faith in Jesus Christ. But see, there's a condition to that, and that's why you're still living. You know, everybody's going to believe one of these days, right? Everybody's going to believe. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 4 says this, For him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. That's what Ecclesiastes said. That while you're still alive, you have hope. But if you don't believe while you're alive, guess what? If you, you have no hope, the hope's not there. Why wouldn't you believe? Why won't people just believe? I ask myself that question all the time. Why is it so hard for people to believe that Jesus did what he said he did? Why is that so hard? I don't understand it. I don't have an answer. I wish I did. But then I think back to when God saved me and all the times that he dealt with my heart and I didn't believe. I'll just, I'll just be honest with you. God dealt with me several, several, several times before I turned my heart over to him. Anybody else in here like that? I mean, it, glory be to the people that, that come on the, the first time that he deals with you. But, but I'm glad that while that you're still alive this morning, if you're lost... But you're breathing, there's hope for you. Jesus said it, Whosoever liveth and believeth shall never die. Do you believe that? I believe it this morning. And I think that, that we as a church need to believe it. We, sometimes we get so caught up in, in, in other beliefs and denominational beliefs and, and free will Baptist things and all this other stuff. But really, what we need to believe is, is we just sometimes we need to get back to the basics. Sometimes you just need to go to, to the root of it all and remind yourself why you're even able to be born again. It's because of Jesus. See, not only did I have to believe one time when I was a young boy, and guess who was preaching? David Lee England when I got saved. Isn't that, isn't that a surprise? But, but I had to believe, but still until this day, I still believe. 
And my belief has gotten stronger. I mean, sure, there are days that, that, that I feel bad and days that things are not going so well and, and I get weak and the flesh starts to take over. But I want you to understand that I still believe in him. I still put my faith in him. Why? Because there's nowhere else to put my faith. Did you know that? There's nowhere, there's nowhere else you can even put your faith. I can't put my faith in people because people will let me down every single time. I can't put my faith in churches. Why? Because churches are full of people. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to church. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that the only place that you can put your faith is in Him. No other place. But yet people are doing that. People are putting their faith and believing in so many other things that are not going to amount to anything in eternity. Brother Cecil, come get us a song. I won't preach too long this morning, but, but I want you to understand and, and read that question. I'll read it again, verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then Jesus asked the question, Believest thou this, or do you believe? Everybody stand by your heads. Father, we love you, God. We thank you for all that you do. God, we thank you for your wonderful word, God, and what it means to us. And Lord, I just pray that if there's anybody in this room this morning that doesn't trust you, that doesn't believe in you as they should, God, that you would just deal with their heart right now. God, that you would convict them. Lord, that you would let them know that people have been praying for them and were concerned for their soul. God, I pray that you would move in a mighty way in this invitation. God, that you would save somebody this morning. God, we trust you, put our faith in you.